All right, welcome to Locked On Warriors, your podcast on all things Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group. And on today's episode, it's part two of our mailbag this week. We got a bunch of great questions for you today. Going to talk about some of the must see games at home for the Warriors this season, what their thoughts are for Gary Payton, and the ceiling for Golden State's young core. That's all coming up next. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's jump right in. We've got questions about Gary Payton II. We're going to have a question later on about whether or not the front office took the right approach to this offseason. But let's first get the, to this question from Ash, who writes in, Now that the NBA schedule is released, which home games do you think will be the most exciting and least exciting to attend in person. Now, this is the way you look at a schedule, right? Which games do I want to go to? Start circling some some, uh, some games that you want to go to at Chase Center. Start saving some money, uh, making some plans here. So I'll tell you the most exciting, then I'll tell you some of the least exciting ones. Some of the ones that just don't even bother to do something else that night. Maybe you don't even watch it on TV. I don't care. Um, but as far as the most exciting ones, uh, there's quite a bit on the schedule. I tried to narrow it down to about half a dozen or so. Um, and I'm going to go in order. So this is not in order of most exciting to least exciting among the most, just in order of you know, the schedule. To me, the first must-attend game for the Warriors is, it's not even, like opening night against uh, the Clippers on October 21st isn't, doesn't really do it for me. Um, I actually think the first must-attend game is New Orleans on November 5th. Uh, just because Zion Williamson is must-see TV I think that the Pelicans are going to be better this year. Uh, I was low on their offseason at first, and then after thinking about it a little bit more, I liked the Devontae Graham for Lonzo Ball swap. I think Graham's just a better fit there. I think Willie Green is the sort of coach that they need to unlock that team. I think that Zion, if he just, everything kind of hinges on him, and he's probably going to take a, a huge leap this year. It's going to be his first full season in the NBA. Let's remember that. So he's just must see TV. I think he'll be even better than ever. He, the way he finished last season, he was one of the best 10 players in the league, and I don't think that's even arguable. So, uh, yeah, you get a chance to go see Zion in person. Trust me. I was there for Zion's first game in Las Vegas, his summer league debut, when there was literally an earthquake in Las Vegas after he dunked the ball. Uh, just insane coincidence of timing and just stuff happening. But... Um, that dude's must-watch television. And if you get a chance to see somebody like Zion in person, you have to go to it. So New Orleans, November 5th, circle that one on your calendar. If you can make it happen, make it happen. Then my next uh, most exciting game to attend in person would be Philadelphia, November 24th. Now, obviously, you've got the Joel Embiid factor. You've got Joel Embiid. How, can, can he score enough two-pointers to offset all the threes that Steph Curry is going to bring? All that, that, that's just a, It's a fun confluence of styles and just... High stakes and a good barometer for uh, Golden State to measure themselves against, but also, also you got some Ben Simmons drama there. November twenty fourth, Ben Simmons could still be playing for the Sixers at that point. If you know the Damian Lillard and the Bradley Beal situation stretches out into the midway point of the season, closer to the uh, trade deadline, if they're moved at all, Ben Simmons could still be on Philadelphia. And I'm telling you. I don't think that these rumors between Ben Simmons and Golden State are going to go away. And if Ben Simmons is still playing for the Sixers then, and the trade rumors are still there, and they haven't, in Philadelphia, quashed those rumors and committed to Ben Simmons, because they clearly have not long-term, um, 
that's going to be a topic of conversation around that game. And I do think that for all of the weird um, fit stuff happening in Philly, I mean, I'm telling you, Joel Embiid in person is something else. You know, it, you really get a sense of just how good he is when you watch him in person. And that's kind of what it comes down to, to me, are these players that you get to see in person, these generational type of talents. Now, if you're a Warriors fan, presumably you get to go see that every home game. You get to watch Steph Curry. This is all relative, right? I think most, all these games are worth going to see because Steph is going to be playing in them uh, as long as he's healthy. And he's an, he's worth the, the, the price of admission alone. But if you can get Steph and another generational talent on the floor, then it's obviously even a little bit more exciting. Uh, my next one is January 3rd against Miami. Uh, I think the Heat of every team this offseason were the team that really kind of moved the needle for themselves uh, as, for, as far as additions, new players that they're adding to their roster. It's going to have Kyle Lowry, 2019 champion. We know that there's history between Lowry and the Warriors. Um, this should also provide a good barometer for where the Warriors are. You know, I think the Heat and the Warriors are kind of similar as far as what their ceilings are this year. Um, and I also think that this could be a game, this could be like that first major game. If Clay comes back for Christmas, obviously Phoenix is a major matchup. But this could be a really, that would be in Phoenix. And I think as far as uh, good teams like, playing against the Warriors at home, this could be Clay's first game back against a legitimately good team at Chase Center. So I think that's going to be exciting too. Um, Luka Doncic, um, the, the, the Warriors host Dallas on January 25th. Luka is must-see TV, just like Zion Williamson, especially in person. If you could see him, um, take my word for it. It's worth it. Get a ticket. Uh, Luka's awesome to watch in person. You really, again, get an appreciation for what he's able to do. Uh, January 29th, the Brooklyn Nets come to town. If I were to rank these among, hey, this is must-see, this is, this is the game you have to get a ticket for if it's one game all year, obviously it's January 29th with Kevin Durant coming back. Uh, no doubt about it. Not really much I have to say other than that, right? Like, you get it. Um, all right. February 12th, Lakers come to town. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Again, I don't, I don't have to say, like, Lakers, Warriors, like, these are two of the favorites in the Western Conference. Like, yeah, go see that if you can. Uh, also, it's it's LeBron. I know that we, you know, there's a lot of anti-LeBron stuff out there, but it's LeBron James. If you get a go, if you get a chance to go see the first or second best player of all time, go see him. I don't care how old he is. Go see him if you have. If you haven't seen LeBron yet in person, buy a ticket. Go see him. Um, next game I have marked down Milwaukee on March 12th. Giannis, it's his title defense um, tour. Go see Giannis. Uh, and then um, Lakers, April 7th, uh, third to last game of the regular season for the Warriors. So obviously something that could carry pretty significant postseason weight. And just the fact that it's against LeBron and the Lakers, and we remember the play-in matchup last year, that game is going to get a ton of ratings, I'm sure, especially if they're vying for seeds in the playoffs. So that could be a really big game as well at Chase Center. So those are my must uh, see games as far as the not exciting games look I'm not going to go through the schedule but like the Oklahoma Cities the Orlandos even the Sacramento's like I'm just I'm just not all that excited to see those teams I'm just not so uh yeah those are my most exciting least exciting teams um let's move on to our next question about Gary Payton and how the Warriors internally value him but first let's talk about bet online it's that time of year again, people. All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, 
Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including the internet's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today with the promo code Locked On to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Again, that's when you use the promo code Locked On. And then be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the season opener on September 9th between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. So you've got two promo codes to keep track of here, Locked On and NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's also talk about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all of the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and get and get rid of the confusion and get your TV together with Direct Stream, Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, back here with Locked On Warriors, continuing with our mailbag. This question comes from Tony, who writes in, Internally, how does the organization view Gary Payton II? Seems like a fun, cost-controlled asset guy. Do you think that they see any value in him as a rotational piece? Um, So just based on the fact that they negotiated with his agent to extend his guarantee date from uh, this past month during Summer League to training camp, that shows that the Warriors clearly are interested in seeing more of Gary Payton, right? And for now, he remains a candidate to make the 15-man roster based on how he performs in training camp, how he performs in the preseason. Look, nothing's a guarantee, um, but I'm telling you that the Warriors are using many of their training camp spots to investigate the point guard situation. Gary Payton has value as a defender. I think they like his veteran presence. I think they like his presence in the locker room. Um, he seems like a very fun guy to be around. He gets along with his teammates. And if you just want a guy, if you're Steve Kerr and you just need a guy to throw in there and sort of change the pace of the game, change the energy of the game, a guy who can defend at an elite level at the point of attack, I think having a guy like Gary Payton coming off the bench, is, if, especially as your 15th man who you're not relying on every night, could be useful. But uh, there's a lot of directions that they can go in with that 15th spot. They can keep it open for, uh, for payroll purposes, for, for financial purposes. Um, or they can keep Gary Payton, or they can keep Michael Mulder. Mulder is obviously the better shooter, uh, more versatile to, uh, as far as what position you can play him at. But um, like I said, I don't think they've they've clearly not settled on anybody with that 15th spot. They're going to bring in uh, Mulder. They're going to bring in Payton. Those guys are going to compete during training camp and in preseason. Uh, Ja'Cory McLaughlin was signed to an Exhibit 10 deal, which is a non-guaranteed contract that lets him 
uh, play through uh, training camp and preseason for the Warriors. He's going to be. He was very impressive in summer league. He's going to have a shot at that 15th spot, maybe a two-way spot ultimately. Chris Chioza, another guard that they're um, uh, taking some time to look at too, uh, who's all right now filling one of the two-way spots. So some options that they have there. Obviously, with that 15th spot, I think Gary Payton is among those options. Um, our next question: Do you think Andre Iguodala will be in the closing lineups during big games? Um, I don't. I don't think that Iguodala will be consistently in that closing lineup. I also don't know that right now the Warriors have settled on anybody to be that fifth man in a closing lineup. I think we know when Clay's healthy, it'll be Steph, Clay, Draymond, Kevon Looney, probably. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I could see their starting lineup just being their closing lineup, um, depending on the matchup. If you want to go small, you take Looney out. You've got Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond. And maybe you go Wanda Scott-Anderson some nights. Maybe there's nights where you do go with Iguodala. Maybe there are some nights where you go with Otto Porter. Uh, I think there's a lot of options. I don't think the Warriors settled on that right now. I just think that at this point, Iguodala at 37 years old, you can't count on him for basically anything regularly. I'm not saying he's not going to contribute. There are going to be nights where Iguodala looks like prime Iguodala. We know that. But there's also going to be nights where he looks like he's 37 years old. So um, I think those days of, hey, this is our closing lineup every single night, I just don't know that that's coming back anytime soon, if ever, for the Warriors. But they did do well to give themselves some options. Jordan Poole didn't mention him. He could be an option when they need a little bit more scoring. Um, All right. Next question comes from Aaron, who writes in, do you think that the young core of Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman can re, uh, be relied on in order to contend in the next era, assuming they each fulfill their potential? Well, if they fulfill their potential, absolutely. I mean, let's think about what that means. If Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman uh, reach their potential, if Jordan Poole reaches his potential, I think he's a legit six-man-of-the-year type of candidate, if he reaches his potential. If Moses Moody hits his potential, I think you're looking at somebody who could be one of the better 3 and D players in the league, like a, like a, a juiced-up Danny Green. I think that's what Moses Moody looks like if he fills up his potential. Very, very useful player. Jonathan Kaminga, if he reaches his potential, that's perennial all-star guy who can build your a championship kind of team. Six foot eight, 215 pounds, he's going to put on more muscle. There's going to be a point where Kaminga is 6'8", 230, 240, like Kawhi, like LeBron, like Paul George. I mean... That's what we're talking about with Kaminga. And you can run everything through him. Poole could play off of him as a secondary ball handler. Moody could space the floor and defend multiple positions. Um, yeah, I mean, if, that's why you take him at seven, right? Is if he reaches his potential, he could be arguably the best player in this draft class. So, uh, and then you look at James Wiseman. If he reaches his potential, he's a little bit like what DeAndre Ayton was for Phoenix this last year, where he's super athletic, so he's able to stay on the floor at the end of games, he's able to switch multiple positions. He's able to finish above the rim. He's an efficient finisher and offensive player because of that. And if Wiseman really hits his potential, then he's got a little bit of a mid-range game, maybe even a three-point shot moving a little bit, a little bit like Chris Bosh, like that. Uh, if Wiseman hits his potential, he's a modern-day big that you that teams would love to have. And so you look at a lineup of Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman. It's extremely versatile. It has enough shooting. Um, it has enough playmaking. Every every one of those players, except for probably Jordan Poole, is a plus defender. Um, when if they all hit their potential, so yeah, what the Warriors have done over the last couple of years is they have built a young core 
that if it reaches its potential, can sustain the Warriors' success for years and years and years to come. And I think that that ceiling is championship type of ceiling because you have guys like Kaminga and Wiseman. Now, granted, not all four of those guys are going to reach their potential. There's a chance none of them reach their absolute ceiling as far as their potential. But you've given yourself an opportunity here. I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing. I'm just telling you what it is. That's the position that the Warriors have put themselves in. Um, And that kind of leads us to our next question. We'll get to that here in a bit. First, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving uh, do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and then write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Let's also talk about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has a ton of delicious flavors? There's something for everybody. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. And if you don't know the Built Bar flavors by now, well, you're missing out and you're probably not listening to this podcast often enough. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Uh, You guys know what my favorite flavor is. I don't need to tell you. You need to decide what your favorite flavor is now. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you're going to get two each of nine flavors. What better way to choose all of them and decide which one is going to be your favorite. And you can go after that and just order whole boxes of one single flavor if you love one flavor that much. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. Perfect for post-workouts during a snack in the middle of the day. If you need to throw them in your briefcase or your backpack so you have a snack on the go, this is perfect for you guys. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off on your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, our next question comes from Patrick, who writes in, Regarding the offseason, describe to us slash convince us how our front office made the best decisions this offseason. Um, I could try to convince you. I could try to play this game. I've kind of vocally been out there and saying, look, I understand that this youth movement thing is exciting I understand that if you're Joe Lakeup and you're and you own the Warriors, that you have a mind for ten years down the line, and that is typically how you build a successful business: is you have your short-term goals and your long-term goals. And in order to reach your long-term goals, you needed to use this opportunity these last couple of years, picking in the lottery, to get guys who can become the face of your franchise in time. But I also don't think that most businesses are sports businesses and that in sports if you have an opportunity to win a championship you should put all of your chips in and whatever you think of your long-term plans whatever you think of your long-term goals it will help you more to win now 
than to win later. And by that, I mean, if you win one more championship with Steph Curry in the next two or three years, the goodwill that your fans will provide you, that you will earn with your fans, will sell out Chase Center for years. I don't think that in sports it's worth planning ahead four or five years down the road. It just doesn't work that way, especially how quickly the NBA changes. And if you have somebody generational like Steph, you owe it to him and you owe it to your fan base to say, you know what? We're going all in. We're going to try to win a championship right now because championships uh, earn job security. Championships sell tickets longer. Championships solve all problems, right? And I think a Warriors fan base that was used to championships for so long and an owner that has been used to winning championships for so long, even if you're winning 48 games a year with a James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Jordan Poole-led group uh, four or five, six years from now, there's going to be a little bit of disappointment there if you had never won another championship with Steph from now until then, okay? And so I always thought that they should have just put all the chips in, done whatever they could to maximize this roster around Steph. Now, that said, there's an argument to me that they made the most of their options, that they went after the Patty Mills, they went after Nick Batum, they went after these kinds of players, that they would love to trade these picks for Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. Like, you could argue that all of that stuff is true, but and, but none of it came to fruition, that none of it was there. Like None of those opportunities were out there. So they did the next best thing, which was take who they thought was the best player available on their boards. Now, you could also argue, hey, there was other more NBA-ready players. Look at Davian Mitchell, what he's doing for Sacramento in Summer League. He looks like a guy who could play right away and and make a difference right away in a way that even Kaminga, I don't think, can as a rookie. Uh, maybe they would have been better off going in that direction. But um, as far as me trying to convince you and maybe even convince myself that this was the right way to go, yeah, you you're not you don't plan on picking in the lottery especially at seven, or in the case of last year, number two, ever again, or anytime soon, most certainly. And so you have an opportunity to go get your face of the franchise, and you believe, hey, with Steph and a healthy Clay Thompson, regardless, it was always going to come down to how healthy Clay Thompson was going to be, right? It doesn't matter who we pick. Any rookie that we take, we can't count on him anyway. It was always going to come down to Clay Thompson's health. So we have Steph. We're waiting to see what Clay looks like when he comes back. We have Draymond coming off of a Defensive Player of the Year type of season. Um, we have Andrew Wiggins, who we think is the real deal there, a good fit. Kamal Looney is a solid starting center for us. We were able to get some vets in, in Bielitsia and Otto Porter and free agency. Jordan Poole is coming along. We expect a leap out of him in his third year. All these things. We could do this. We have the pieces to compete at a high level and potentially even win a championship. We're at least going to be in that conversation. And very clearly, the Warriors are part of that conversation. Um, but we're also setting us up, potentially, to win down the road. If that's the goal, and I believe that it was the goal all along, um, then that's the way I convince you that the front office made the right decision. Um, I can't sit here and tell you that they did everything they could to maximize Steph's window. Because they didn't. They still have this $5.9 million taxpayer mid-level exception. Uh, there were probably opportunities to move down in the draft and pick up other veterans. They didn't do that. Um, there was opportunities in the draft to get guys who were more NBA-ready than Kaminga was. They didn't do that. I'm not telling you it's wrong in the grand scheme of things, in the big picture. We don't know. We have no idea. But I think we we can say for sure that if the Warriors were to come out and tell you, hey, we are doing everything we can to maximize Steph's prime, they would be lying. 
because they cannot credibly say that just based on what they did in the draft and the fact that they have money on the table that they haven't spent. Like they can't, they simply cannot say that. Um, and so to me, that's the one drawback. And that's why I don't think you can give this offseason an A. I think it has to come somewhere um, below that. Um, but as far as making the best decisions, if you're all about long-term potential and all this stuff and you want to, if you think you have enough to win right now and you want to build for the future, then yeah, I guess, I guess they did that. Um, final question. What seed do you see the Warriors being in until Clay comes back around Christmas time? So that's going to be 32 games into the regular season when Clay Thompson comes back, if he does get back in, by Christmas. And now that's the target date. Okay. Let's remember this people. The target date that's been reported by Ramona Shelburne versus what's actually going to happen could be two different things. You have targets. You have goals. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to reach that goal, okay? Before Christmas, everything that I was hearing was early 2022. I was thinking maybe mid-January at one point. That could still be the case. I think that the Warriors' priority shouldn't be rushing Clay Thompson back and worrying about what seed you're in. I think the Warriors' priority should be, hey, keeping yourself above water until Clay comes back and making sure he's absolutely healthy. Because more than anything, more than what seed you are in the playoffs, Clay Thompson's health is going to determine what this team's ceiling is, right? Not seed, his health. Because if the Warriors are the fifth seed, but Clay Thompson looks like he did in 2019 before he tore his ACL, then I'd put that team up against anybody. A one seed doesn't matter. I don't care about the seed, okay? I want Clay Thompson to make sure he's healthy. And if you rush him back, after two years of being away, and you jeopardize that because you're worried about losing three or four or five more games, that would be very short-sighted. And by the way, I don't think that the Warriors would take that approach. I don't. It's nice to have a target date. It's nice to have a target date. And I understand the motivation to have him play on that Christmas Day game in that atmosphere, in that showcase. I get it. But let's not just assume he's going to be back. Okay? We don't know. We have no idea. It all depends on how this... Uh, rehabilitation goes because he's going to need about a year after the November 18th date to rehab that Achilles and then he's going to need some time to get back into playing shape get back into conditioning because let's remember hasn't played in two years okay it's going to be hard for him to come back I don't think Christmas is a guarantee by any stretch it's a nice to have a target I don't think it's a guarantee that said that through 30 or so games I don't know I don't pretend to know what seed the Warriors are going to have but the beginning of their schedule is pretty favorable. Yeah, you open up the season against the Lakers and the Clippers, but after that, you have an eight-game homestand. I think you should be able to, to juice your record a little bit, pad your record a little bit through that. It's not a tough homestand by any stretch either. Um, and yeah, you're going to play Utah and some of these other teams that are Phoenix, some of these other teams that are tough in the beginning of the year, the Lakers, Clippers, the Nuggets. Um, but the beginning of the schedule, to me, looks easier uh, it, the hardest part of the schedule is January, which is right when Clay should come back. And if you can have him back for that tough stretch, that'd be help. That'd obviously be helpful. Excuse me. But um, as far as the beginning of the year, I don't know what seed they're going to be. It depends on what the other teams are doing. But I could see them being right around 500, if maybe a little bit better than 500. Um, that would be my assumption. Not at the top of the West. I don't think they'll be the one seed. I don't think they'll be the two seed. I don't have him as a top four seed without Clay, but like I said, it doesn't matter. You have to get Clay back healthy. If you're the fifth seed with a healthy Clay Thompson and everybody else is healthy, I'd put that team against anybody in the West. I would. Um, all right, that'll do it for us today. That'll do it for us um, with this mailbag. If you didn't check out part one, make sure to go check that out in your podcast feed or here on YouTube. 
Thanks for checking out part two here uh, on YouTube. If you if you haven't subscribed already, you can do that below the video. Hit that subscribe button. Thanks for listening. If you're listening on the podcast platform, we are available everywhere you get podcasts. Um, but that'll do it for us today. Thanks for listening.